Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen? Amen. There are basically two kinds of people in the world. Those who see the world in the mode of the wise and the learned, as Jesus points out in today's gospel, and those who see the world as little children with innocence, you might say with the eyes of Christ himself. Which one do we want to be? Like the wise and the learned or like the little children? I think hopefully our answer is that we want to be like those who see with the eyes of Christ. But it's not always true, and we're all affected by that in one way or another. And I'll share with you a personal story. I may have shared this in another homily somewhere along the way, but it's worth sharing again. And it goes back to when I was a young Marine stationed at Marine Corps Air Station Tustin in Southern California, right near Disney World, or Disneyland, as it were. And uh, I was stationed there, and the first Persian Gulf War broke out, and so my unit was sent on deployment to Saudi Arabia. And they were called the, called the forward part of the unit, and there's always a part that stays in the rear. So I was part of the rearward part of the unit, and so we were working very long days, very hard hours, and we were responsible for the base security plus our normal duties plus other things that we would do because we were shorthanded. So we were kind of stressed out, and a buddy of mine by the name of Rusty Henkel decided along with me that we were going to go out for one evening and just get a little bit of a break. And there was a little Italian restaurant just up on Red Hill, just about a mile or two from the base, and it was called Angie's Italian Restaurant been there numerous times, and it's always a wonderful experience. Well, this night we go into Angie's Italian restaurant. Rusty and I didn't have a lot of money because we were just poor little Marines, and we had barely enough to pay for our meal. So we go in, we order, I think I ordered raviolis, he probably had lasagna, I had meatballs, he probably had sausage, and what have you. But we have basically enough money just to pay for our meal. And as we're enjoying our meal, in comes to the restaurant, this man and his entourage, and he was dressed in a leather jacket with chains, lots of tattoos, long hair, ponytail, you get the picture. Looked like a pagan or a hell's angel or something to that effect. And he clearly was taking notice to my friend Rusty and I. As he walked past our table, he kind of gave us the old, it was very unsettling as you can imagine. You know, we're thinking we're getting tagged by this biker dude, right? And so we start talking amongst ourselves, saying this, this could be trouble, you know, what have you. And a couple of times in the course of the meal, he'd look over at us and he'd give us the glaring look and whatever. And again, we're getting anxious on edge. And so as the time goes on, uh, we're ready to pay our bill. And the waitress comes to the table and she says, oh, by the way, the gentleman sitting at that table over there, the one with the leather jacket, he's a Vietnam War era veteran, and whenever he sees young Marines in here, he always pays their bill. And boy, did I judge that book by its cover. You know, you feel like this big, you know, and it happens, you know, but we all can misperceive things from time to time, right? And so we didn't have enough money for dessert originally, but he said, okay, let's get some dessert, <laughs> you know? You know, but we have distorted ways of seeing things. Which also reminds me of the time when I was a young teenager and we went down to Wildwood. I'm sure all of you are familiar with Wildwood. And I, if I can remember correctly, after all these years, we went to Mariner's Pier 
And if I'm not mistaken, that's the pier that has the old rickety uh, roller coaster. I don't know what it, what it looks like now because it's been a long time since I've been there. But it's this old wooden rickety roller coaster. And you can see it from the street. And you go on and you go around kind of past that. And there was this area, it's almost like a little plaza. And there was this thing called the Fun House. I don't know if you've ever seen the Fun House or been to something like that. But the Fun House had all these kind of goofy things in it, and you could have fun in the Fun House. Well, as you're walking to the outside of the Fun House, there are these mirrors there. And there's one that as soon as you stand in front of it, it makes you look squunched like this, like short and fat. And there's one that if you stand in front of it, you look tall and skinny. And I thought to myself, boy, wouldn't it be that wonderful if you could just lose weight that easy, just stand in front of a certain mirror? <laughs> You know, but remember, there's the old other mirror too, so. <laughs> but these mirrors give us the wrong perception. And St. Paul kind of touches upon that in the second reading today. He talks about seeing things according to the flesh, living according to the flesh, or living according to the spirit, you see. Now, when we talk about the flesh, you have to understand in Pauline theology or terminology that the flesh is not this. It's not what you see with your eyes. It's our human nature that has fallen and tainted by original sin. And so right out, out the box, when we're born, we're born with something that kind of skews our worldview. We don't always see things the way that the gospel would have us see them. We have a distorted worldview. And sometimes as we go through life, it gets more and more distorted. And so we ascribe to certain isms and ideologies that further distort our worldview. But we're born with a basic sin upon us called original sin but there's a remedy to that and that's what he talks about by living by the spirit so by our baptism we're also given given an antidote to this living by the flesh so we as christians and especially as catholics can live with gospel eyes we can live with the eyes of christ we can live in a way that doesn't sell out to the different isms and ideologies of the world that tend to distort our view and breed in us all kinds of hatred you know, it takes the wise and the learned to kind of distort these things that we um, are told about in the news and educational facilities, all sorts of ways that, you know, that our views can be skewed. But they all skew us from the eyes of Christ. And so we have hatred in our society. We have all kinds of things that cause us to see but not to see. We're like blind, you know, when we look upon things with the wrong eyes. And if we count ourselves among the wise and the learned, then we're seeing things totally contrary to the way Christ wants us to see those things. And if we see with the eyes of Christ, then we see with the eyes of little children. Now, I gave this homily at the last Mass, too, and many of you will know Ramona Hampton. And she really liked what I had to say in the homily, so much so that she sent me a picture of her two, well, two children that she knows, her little granddaughter, Ava, and... Ellie. I'm not sure which one was her granddaughter. It was either Ellie or Ava, and the other one was a friend. But I had said that, you know, when you get a group of toddlers together, that they don't look at skin color. They don't look to see, is this child white or black, whatever. They just know how to have fun. They're just children. They see with the eyes of children, which are much more closely aligned to the eyes of Christ than the eyes of the learned and the wise, right? So she sent me this picture, and she put the commentary on it, that this is Ava and this is Ellie. And she said they've known each other since they were six months old in daycare, and to this day they're seven years old and they're like best of friends. And you see the picture and they're just delighted with each other. It's a, it's a wonderful picture, right? But they're seen with the eyes of Christ. 
They're not seeing with the eyes of the wise and the learned. Now, if I look upon this with the eyes of the learned and the wise, they'll tell me this is a sign of Roman oppression of the Jews 2,000 or so years ago. I look at it with the eyes of a Christian, as a Catholic, and I see a sign of Christ's triumph over sin and death and the things that divide us as a human family. So we can look at the same thing and see something very different. But what's most important is not what we see when we see that cross, it's what Christ sees when he looks down upon us and sees us. What does he see? He doesn't see a white person, a black person, a Chinese person, a Native American Indian person, or a male person, a female person, whatever kind of person we might identify as. He looks down and he sees the soul of a person who he saw it was worth dying for. He died for every single person, good, bad, in the between, because he wants all lives to be saved. So in the end, it's not whether one life matters more than another. There's only one life that really matters in the end, and that's eternal life. Eternal life matters. And that's what our eyes of Christians should compel us to see. See with the eyes of Christ that it's the soul of the person that gives them dignity. Their human dignity comes from God, not from a skin color, not from an ethnicity, not from a nationality, or any of that. Not that that's unimportant, but if we look in the book of Revelation, what does it say? It says the vision of heaven has people of every race, nation, tongue, and uh, language. So, you know, we have to see things not as the wise and the learned. We have to see things with the eyes of Christ, which are ultimately the eyes of children. How wonderful it would be if we took the yoke of Christ upon us. You know, it's not that heavy of a burden because the yoke of Christ frees us from all those ideologies. It frees us from all those isms and things that divide us. And it, it is what unites us, that we're children of God under one father, in one family, one fraternity, one human race, so to speak. And we can love one another. His yoke is easy and his burden is light because it's part of our human nature. It's to love to love God above all, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Let's pray for that for ourselves. Let us pray for that for our neighborhood. Let us pray for that for our country. Let us pray for that for our world, that the world will come to see with the eyes of Jesus Christ, who says eternal life matters. Amen? Amen.